This is a Tech Briefs Media Group podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of our NASA Tech Briefs Who's Who at NASA podcast. NASA is currently planning a late November launch of the Mars Science Laboratory, the agency's biggest, most expensive, and most capable Mars rover. This month on the Who's Who podcast, we're speaking with Bill Allen, senior engineer in the spacecraft mechanical engineering section of the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Bill, thanks for talking with us today. Yeah, my pleasure. Bill, uh, NASA is gearing up for the Mars Science Laboratory to launch in late November. Can you set the stage? What is the mission? Mars Science Laboratory is our next rover we're sending to Mars, and it's uh, significantly more uh, capable and uh, massive than the previous rovers we sent out. It's nuclear-powered, so we won't have some of the challenges we had with uh, solar power. And um, it's designed to uh, be a science laboratory versus the predecessors were more mobile geologists. This will actually be a mobile science laboratory. There's uh, 10 instruments on board to facilitate that. Mm-hmm. Can you take us through some of the key capabilities of this Mars Science Laboratory? Well, um, when you say key capabilities, are you speaking of from a science standpoint or a functional standpoint? Yeah, functionally, both. I mean, when you say that the uh, capabilities that can do a lot more, what are you speaking to in particular? Um, well, just the size alone, it'll be able to traverse uh, more difficult terrain uh, designed to drive over objects about uh, 25 inches, 25 to 30 inches in uh, uh, size. So that's different than before. It has a, a robotic arm that has a suite of tools and instruments on, on the arm itself. And uh, for the first time, we will not only collect samples, but we will deposit and analyze the samples uh, within the rover itself. At the time of this interview, which is early September, what parts of the uh, instrument or the spacecraft still need to be finished and integrated? Well, uh, considering it's a November launch, and things are getting down to the wire. The uh, spacecraft is currently being integrated out at uh, Cape Canaveral. So it's being stacked and integrated uh, as we speak. And... There's you know, some typical last-minute uh, challenges, you know, uh, but certainly the design is done and the hardware is fabricated. There might be small things that uh, get added, but uh, it's pretty much done. Mm-hmm. And what might get added, you said? I said there might be small things uh, that need fixing or adding, Sometimes they take uh, take away things in this late hour, but the spacecraft, for the most part, is uh, done being designed and built, and they're actually stacking it, getting it ready for launch. Mm-hmm. Now the rover has to survive a pretty dramatic atmospheric entry and landing. How does the design enable it to uh, withstand that? Well, this is something we have a lot of experience with in 
terms of uh, entering into uh, another planet's atmosphere and landing on the surface, it's about the most difficult uh, space exploration you can do. Uh, orbiting is fairly straightforward. Flybys are fairly straightforward. Landing on another planet, you've got to get from about 30,000 miles an hour down to zero in uh, just a matter of seconds. So <clears throat> you're right, it's a harsh environment, and it's a sequence of um, events and utilize different technology that enable us to do that. You know, a heat shield is a primary component of that. Much like the shuttle or the reentry capsules astronauts use here, we have a similar thing on our spacecraft, a heat shield with special materials that withstand high temperatures and deflect the heat away from the actual spacecraft or the rover. What kinds of questions are we trying to answer with this mission? regarding um, Martian history, if you will, uh-huh. you know, and its current makeup and its past makeup. Um, the, the overall Mars program is to eventually put a person on Mars. So this is the, the Lewis and Clark effort, if you will, uh, pioneering and uh, doing the <coughs> research our knowledge about the, the planet. So if we find out that Mars is uh, hospitable to life, what do you see as the, the possibilities? The possibilities of getting people there? Sure. Like, is, um, what are you most excited to, uh, to, to discover here? Or what? You, I guess what are the most exciting possibilities, do you think, which you'll find out from well, this mission? My excitement comes when things work. So if the rover lands and is functional, driving around and being able to perform its uh, science, that's that's what makes me excited because as a mechanical engineer and design engineer, that's that's the uh, my involvement in the program. So. Mm-hmm. What would you say are some of the engineering challenges when uh, you're building this? You know, it has 10 different instruments on board and it has to survive the the uh, atmospheric entry and landing, what, what would you say are the biggest uh, technical engineering challenges? Because of the size and the number of instruments on board, it's uh, it's an interface nightmare. <laughs> you know, we're trying to integrate instruments from different partners, different countries, um, you know, different goals. You know, we're trying to do all that on board one vehicle. And so, systematically, it, it becomes a challenge to uh, bring all that together. You know, when do you do which science? You know, you've got to share all the resources. Um, you know, we're restricted in hours of operation based on uh, temperatures and things like that. So, integrating all that and making it work as one vehicle is a significant challenge. And what kinds of tools and technologies have been the biggest help when you're building such a complex uh, tool, technology? Um, we certainly couldn't do it without the uh, 
progression of technology. The technology, in fact, that we had when we did the last Mars rovers wouldn't have helped us do this current Mars rover. So something this complex, um, we need tools to help us do things in a concurrent fashion. So we have a lot of people on board sharing the same information at the same time. And that concurrent approach is what allows us to succeed in, in doing that. Without that, it, it would take us four or five times as long. Mm -hmm. And what kind of uh, this concurrent engineering approach, how many how many people do you have working on this? In, in my area, and I'm, again, I'm, uh, I was the uh, mechanical systems design lead, and there were 100 people. Um, at its peak on our mechanical design team and about maybe uh, another 200 uh, engineers, that's not counting. That's, again, that's just all on the mechanical systems team. On the, the whole project team, uh, the number will be closer to uh, probably 1,000 people. And what's, what's the key to maintaining order within the groups? Uh -huh. And that's where they earn their keep, keeping keeping the troops focused, same goals, you know, supply with uh, the right tools and resources, do the job. What is your specific day to day work been with the Mars Science Laboratory? Probably twofold. Um, serve on a lot of uh, Tiger teams, um, trying to resolve problems. I'm sorry, what kind of teams? Systematic problems. And also, uh, I'm in charge of the configuration of the spacecraft, so maintaining that for the design and engineering team is part of the main role. What will be doing the mechanical configuration? Uh huh. What do you think will be the biggest challenge in making this mission a success? Um, well, this again, the success will. You know, there'll be different levels of success, much like the previous rovers. You know, their design was was intended to uh, cover about 90 days, and, you know, seven years later, they're still kicking. So, you know, that's a extraordinary level of success. Here, MSL is designed to go for about two years. And uh, so, you know, we're able to function and... Uh, process samples and so forth over those two years of time, and it would be considered a success. And what's the time frame for uh, this this project? When you say time frame, you mean... How long will... Launch uh, and landing? Yeah, how long will it be in operation, and, and um, how soon till you find, uh, begin, you know, your analysis and taking those results, things like that? Launches in November, due to land uh, the following August, and um, <clears throat> you know it'll spend the next two years uh, navigating to uh, places of interest and uh, taking and processing samples. And just curious too, what do you, what would you say is the most exciting part for you uh, when in going to work every day? Well, it's probably. Uh, Getting to uh, 
work on unique things, you know, things that uh, are going to go and do significant and unique things. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's not every day that uh, something goes up to Mars. I mean, there's not many people in the world doing it, so it's really exciting to work on something that that unique. Mm-hmm. Do you have an idea what you'll be working on next or what you'd like to be working on next? Yeah, about a year-long vacation. <laughs> How long have you been at it? With the... uh, I've been on MSL for seven years. Mm-hmm. And have you have you worked with the other instruments as well on uh, the Martian-related equipment? Yeah, I worked on the previous Mars rovers. If that's what you're asking. Yeah, and actually, I'm just interested too. Can you kind of do a brief? Uh, sort of history of of the, uh, the the way the the tools have evolved and what the, how the rovers kind of began and up to the point where we're at now with the Mars Science Laboratory. Uh, the tools themselves, in terms of what we used to design. Yeah, and the different. I'm just thinking of the different rovers and how they've evolved over the over time to where we're at today. Well, there, there's certainly a, a reflection of. The growth of technology, mm-hmm. you know, we're, so we use technology to design and build them, and then we also use what technology is available and proven and tested to uh, bring on board. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of a, a cyclic process. You know, we say use technology to uh, design and build these types of things, and the more the technology improves or progresses, the more complicated designs you can do. Because we always have to, even though we're R&D, we still have to be competitive when you're spending tax dollars. Mm-hmm. They, they don't fund you just because you have a good idea. Right. You have to have a fiscally sound idea. Well, Bill, thanks very much for talking with us today. My pleasure, Bill. Thanks for having me. 